The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and I am so, so excited to talk to our guest this week. It is a Brooklyn-based queer indie electrico duo. They have a new single coming out in June and an upcoming full-length album that they will release one single at a time each month. I love the groups that do this. You can find out more about their work by visiting www.pleasepleaseme.nyc. That is P-L-S-P-L-S-M-E.nyc. Ladies and gentlemen, Jess and Jimmy from Please Please Me are on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, guys. Hey, Hey. how's it going? Uh, It's going great. I've spent the last day or so just immersing myself in your sound, digging your music. Obviously, I love the you know, the, the polished records you're putting out with these great producers. But I gotta, I gotta tell you, you know what I really digged about your music was listening to that acoustic song that you guys did. That's on your website, that video. I loved that too. You guys can really, you really spread the gamut in terms of, uh, the kind of music you do well. Well, thank you. Um, that song is actually, it's one of my favorite songs and it's the one that we're up next to record. So, um, you know, it might end up with a little bit of a cool drum beat or a few synth tones, but it's like, you know, a great song when it's just, you strip it all the way down and it's still awesome. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. And and I, I don't want to be exclusive here, you know, not bringing the listeners in on this awesome conversation. So tell all the listeners a bit about your sound so that they can be caught up the same way I am. Uh, if I were to sum it up into... Three words. I would say that it's queer, it's indie, and it's pop. Um, a lot of the type of music that inspires myself and Jesse would be, you know, like the good old verse, chorus, repetitive, I want to hold your hand, iconic stuff that, uh, you know, we've grown up listening to. And uh, I think that that's something that is still being emulated today if if not even more so. So, I mean, yeah, pop is great. Pop yeah, is great. Yeah, one of the ways that Jimmy and I really connected is we're both these super, like, hard-on-sleeve sensitive types. Like, you know, we want to write about real feelings and stuff and loneliness and longing, but that we also feel like that doesn't mean you can't have a good hook. Oh, and it's so refreshing to hear an artist who are just unapologetic about loving some just good old pop music you know like it's it like you, you, there's so many artists that feel like they have to be ashamed to admit it but you guys have that sound and it sounds awesome and the music it, it makes you feel good and it's got as you said killer killer hooks and I, I really appreciate the contributions you guys uh make in music but to me what i really like about you guys is just the contributions you make to your scene altogether. uh you two have dedicate yourself to shining the light on the LGBT art community in your area. You do a regular live show series called Queer MF, where you bring together artists of all types from that community for a big show in NYC. You guys did just one of these events uh, recently, um, as of the 5th of uh, May. Can you tell the folks a bit about this show and what it means 
to you guys to put on an event like this that highlights the work of artists in this community? Sure. Um, so we came up with the idea of Queer MF when we were both living in Austin, Texas, which is where we met. And, um, you know, truth be known, I'd been pretty covert and sideways about my own sexuality when I started playing music, feeling like, well, I'll never be a pop mainstream artist if people, you know, know that I'm singing love songs to a woman and I would like avoid pronouns and all that. And then when I met Jimmy, our, the second song we wrote, which is one of my favorites, is this love song called Texas Boy. And the hook says, I know that I'm no fit for a small town Texas boy. And it's just owed to like a, a straight boyfriend crush. And um, we just were having so much fun doing it. And at the same time, I was feeling really uh, frustrated of trying to run a band in Austin that was all men and all straight men. And they were just so, so kind of domineering and antagonistic. I could just tell they were just so uncomfortable with the idea that like a woman would be leading or telling them what to do, or they weren't in charge of the vision. And I started to feel very like claustrophobic, like there just wasn't room for this kind of like different people to really express and be who they were. Um, so we did it once in Austin and then we came to New York City and um, we ended up doing a series of like all unplugged, totally intimate acoustic sets at this place, Bessie's Salon in Bushwick, um, which were really, really special. And then we just grew out of the space because there wasn't enough room. Mm -hmm. So now we're doing it at Branded Saloon in uh, Prospect Heights, and we've got uh, drag queens emceeing it. We have some writers that will read. We have an after dance party. Um, you know, I think Jimmy and I are both always been a little bit like black sheep don't fit in anywhere. And when you're that kind of person, you realize like if you just throw your own party, then all the best people come. <laughs> it sounds like a heck of a party. I I'm glad that you're willing to talk openly about this experience. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about this from you because I, I imagine that among the people that are listening to this interview right now are members of the LGBT community who do make music and are having a lot of the same feelings you probably had in the music career. You know, do I, do I put my identity out there? How do I weave my identity, you know, into the music that I create? How can I represent myself and just all the struggles that go with that. So let me ask you guys, for the artists out there who are facing these similar kind of challenges, what advice would you give them? What advice would you have given yourself maybe two or three years ago? Uh, um, I think that's a, an interesting question I'd like to try and answer. Uh, two or three years ago, I was just in the process of writing these songs that were are still waiting to put out into the world. So I think the advice I would have given myself would have been, um, this isn't going to be an overnight process. Be prepared to be patient because if you want to do it and do it the right way, um, you have to really have a lot of thinking and visualization as part of the process along with just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, and I would say like on the queer thing that, you know, I'm thinking back when I started writing music, it was more like 10 years ago, and the world wasn't quite as open or progressive as it is now. But like, I look back, and even then, I just, it's like, oh, I was being kind of ridiculous and fearful because, 
you know, number one, like we just sent out a um, newsletter and put together a Spotify playlist of like all our favorite queer artists. And there's so many and they're so popular. So it was really just this like fear in my head that that's something that would stop me. And then when Jimmy and I got together and we just had so much fun together, even like writing sad songs or going going to especially writing sad especially writing sad songs and going to shoot (laughs) shows you know in downtown austin and on red river and like it's just like if art is about anything it's about like being authentically yourself and believing that people will gravitate towards that so like when i look back now it's sort of ridiculous that i thought that would stop me in any way and really what's happened is like the more we lean into like the fun of who we are, the better our music is. And, you know, I think there was something that just thought like, oh, it's not like, it's not sexy to be queer or gay, but that's not actually how the world responds. <laughs> like they, we've gotten a lot of great attention, I think, in affirmation for the fact that like, when you are who you, you know, when you express who you really are, like that's when the sex appeal actually comes out. It sounds like the more that you guys have lived your truth, throughout the your music career the more that you've embraced that the more you've enjoyed it and the more success you've had well we're still at the very beginning i think all our success is yet to come personally but but uh i would agree with that that we're trying to live our truth and do that as authentically as possible that's what um spurred this uh musical union so to speak you know it uh it did it started on a new year's day in austin texas after, you know, not having the night and the holiday go the way it was supposed to. And, um, you know, shortly after, just songs kept coming out. And um, eventually our lives kind of took different turns. I moved back to Houston. Jesse got a, a job here in New York. And within that year, you know, we didn't know if we'd get to continue making music. But um, luckily we did. And so that's what propelled this move and now we're brooklynites and we're uh, have queer mf and fun (laughs) it's so awesome i i love so much about this story including the fact that you guys did what i'm always encouraging artists to do which is if you're if you're not liking the live performance opportunities you're getting or you want to get more live performance opportunities Create those opportunities for yourself. Find similarly minded, similarly genred, similarly, uh, you know, attribute artists and put on a show together and it can be exactly what you want it to be. And it sounds like you guys have mastered that, which is really, really cool. Um, I want to talk to you guys about your upcoming album here because I'm a big fan of your release strategy with this. I've seen a lot of artists doing that and it makes perfect sense in this new industry where... You know, you don't have to release songs as one giant 12-track album and then just let it sit there for three years. Instead, what you guys are doing is you're releasing the singles off your album one at a time each month. Can you tell the listeners why you went with that strategy? Um, I think that we went with this strategy just because the way that the industry has changed recently, um, People are putting, showcasing their music differently, and there has to be a um, constant communication with your fan base or with anyone that you want to hear your music. And so, having this opportunity to release one single a month will kind of provide that where we can keep engaging with our fans, um, in addition to, you know slowly but surely introducing new music and allowing people to uh, digest it. Yeah. Yeah. 
you release one song at a time. Every song gets to stand on its own two feet and every song gets to be its own promotional event. So you get like 12 promotional events instead of just the one if you put the album out all at once. Correct. Totally. I mean, I don't think people, they don't really care if you put an album out, you know, you'll get the same amount of attention for putting an album out as a single out. So it's like, why not do that album 12 times basically? Yeah. But you know, the other thing for me is that like, I'm really impatient and I don't want to wait till we have a whole album, you know, like that would take too long. And I just feel like I know the music we're writing is really good. I know it's going over well at shows. And, you know, Jimmy and I, like, I think a lot of artists do kind of slid, slid sideways into where we are. Like when we met, we wrote a bunch of songs that he was mostly singing and I had this other band. And, um, you know, and then there was another friend that was kind of part of it and things just kept changing so that like by time we decided to really commit to doing this together, like we had songs that were songs he sang and songs that were songs I sang and songs that were totally folky acoustic recordings. And we'd started in Austin and stuff that was more electronic. And that I met this awesome producer who, um, is a DJ who lives in Toronto and we started a bunch of tracks and then he promptly moved to London for two years. And then I like bought out my old label deal. So like we had these like really different, all these songs, but they ne weren't necessarily one cohesive thing. And we were still trying to figure out what we wanted to be. And it was people, it was actually like surprisingly enough, some publicists or other friends that are like, that's cool. You can do it all. Just start putting it out there and see what people like and see what you like doing. And so for us, I think it made that we could like let the music evolve organically instead of trying to lead with like marketing or branding or this is our sound and now we're going to be stuck with it forever. Well, that's interesting. So like the sound of your album is actually going to sort of evolve as you're putting out the album one single at a time. You, you put it out, you get feedback, you see how the world reacts to it, your artistic sensibilities evolved. And so by the time we get to the last track of this album, the song could be not at all the way you expected it. That's, that's a really exciting artistic journey. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's please you, which is the song that we've really like put out and promoted and have a video coming out for. We actually recorded that on tour at three hours at somebody's like totally makeshift studio in St. Louis. It was by accident. And we got a friend who has some real skills in Nashville, Mark LaQuesta to kind of like mix it and edit it. Um, and you programmed some really fantastic drums in there. They're like the most subtle. It sounds like, I don't know, somebody's tapping on the edge of a snare. Yeah, so like we kind of made that song by accident because someone when we were on tour was like, hey, you want to come over tomorrow? And we had a day off. For and so we did that that way. And I'm super pumped for this collaboration with DJ Kyobi in um, Toronto. And we've had these tracks just sitting on them but not being able to finish them for a while. So... I think probably we're going to be on a trajectory for a little while from like going from the more singer songwriter to a little bit more like beat heavy and synth heavy. But it's really important for us that like our voices and the story and the lyrics are always front and center. So, so you know, it'll still be us. We're not going to turn into like bangers. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, to add a little <laughs> bit on that, uh, Jesse and I, have evolved in like the last three years and so have these songs and as they take on a life of their own you know some songs i might stand out a little more other songs jesse might and then there are others that are like perfectly shared equal duos so it's um yeah that's worth saying because when we started like writing together and hanging out 
we were doing it just to do it. And it, it wasn't until Jimmy moved to New York and had been here for six months and we both realized we didn't want a band, we just wanted each other, that we actually started writing specifically like for this project and our that's another like, you know, important evolution that is just kind of catching now. Right on. That's so, so cool. I enjoy very much talking about this music with you guys. This has been really enriching, but I think we all want to hear this music even more. You guys talked about Please You a little bit earlier. I want to give the listeners a chance to listen to this song. I'm so excited to play it right now. This is Please You by Please Please Me here on the Break the Business Podcast. I could take back the way you walked out I let it rewind in my mind all day yeah, always Putting me sideways We haven't spoken in years Or at least three days All I want is you here in the bed we made Do you want to be the ghost haunting me? Push me, pull me closer to you I'll go down deeper for you Come a little closer to me
That was Please You by our guest, Please Please Me, here on the Break the Business podcast. Jess, Jimmy, thank you guys so much for letting us play that. That was terrific. Thank you for listening. Oh, always our pleasure. This whole community is so grateful for uh, what you've given us. Let me close it out with you guys. I've enjoyed our conversation so, so much. I've loved hearing about your journey, you know, from Austin to Brooklyn, making great music and, um, you know, living your truth, which is something all artists uh, need to embody. Before we let you go, do you have any last tips to share for the indie artist listeners to help them move their careers forward? I want to get one tip from each of you. How about that? Two for the price of one. Okay, cool. Um, my tip is, number one, that sometimes you just have to really focus on making great music and let all the other shit go. And I found that is what I've stumbled into in this project, and it's been kind of game-changing for me. And then the other one is, like, don't let yourself feel lonely and that it's you against the world. And I got really lucky. Like, I met Jim when I had sort of given up on the idea of a creative soulmate and we just got lucky. But the truth is that like, even, even if I didn't have Jimmy, it's like the things we do together in terms of like throwing events like Queer MF and trying to team up with other artists that make us feel good about what we're doing and feel inspired to do more of it and feel like we're part of a community people is, is really, really important. And I think like, you can't just sit around waiting for a million fans. You got to kind of start building the world that you want to be in right on uh jimmy what do you got for us um i would have to say i guess kind of in agreement with that that collaboration is one of the strongest things that has helped propel my career forward and um if it hadn't been for being able to co-write songs with jesse or meet other people that do things differently from my own um i, I wouldn't be making music anymore so it really is not just like a, I mean, it can be a very therapeutic thing to have music be, you know, your, your own deal, you shut yourself off and you write, but, um, it, it can be just as beneficial to reach out when creating. So yeah, collaborate, slide in those DMS, use your social media. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jess and Jimmy, everybody check them out at www.plsplsme.nyc. Thank you guys so much for being on the show this week. Thanks for having us. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.